0: Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the forty. Hey, Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Victory Tuesday as the Philadelphia Eagles totally dominated the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football 24-7. to The score was not indicative of how much the Philadelphia Eagles dominated Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. I'm your host, LG Harrell, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, I'm so glad that I was wrong. I, I had fears going into the game. I didn't know if Jonathan Gannon was going to be able to adjust his play calling, adjust his scheme. I didn't know if we were going to see the same old Jalen Hurts. And I was proven wrong on all three accounts. My prediction, Jonathan Gannon and Jalen Hurts. And I, for one, could not be more proud to have been wrong.
1: It's okay to be wrong sometimes. I mean, I called the Jordan Hicks interception but it didn't mean anything because Kirk Cousins well, turned know kind of
0: not being able to catch the damn ball.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I told you asked me for a difference maker, and he that was one of the very few difference making plays the Minnesota Vikings had on Monday night, and they still turned the ball back over. So
0: the blocked field goal that, that Patrick Peterson somehow blocked, and if it wasn't for Aaron Sipos of all people coming up with that tackle, that's a totally different game. It goes from 24 7 to 24 14. And who knows what happens after that? But he making it. That was a good
1: tackle. That was a good because even Jake Elliott would just miss the tackle, but man, sip off Yeah. And then
0: that led to Darius Slay's first. I think that was Slay's first interception or it was Maddox's interception. One of them doesn't really matter. But that was a huge play in the game. You know, I was thoroughly and pleasantly surprised and happy with the outcome of that game, obviously. The link was rocking, which we had, which we anticipated going into it. You knew first home game. It was going to be crazy. The one thing I kind of sort of had thoughts of the first game. <laughs> Dave, I'm glad we survived that Jalen Reger revenge game. The Minnesota Vikings had the full Jalen Reger experience. Him not knowing what to do with punts and dropping back, like, They got the they got the Rager experience. I thought Rager was going to do something, but he didn't. I'm glad. Um, But so the first game, the Bills and Titans. The Bills. We we proclaimed it last week. They're the best team in football. And then the Eagles doing what they did. Did you see that tweet going around that somebody put? They don't know if the if if the infrastructure would be able to handle an Eagles Bills Super Bowl if that. I did see
1: that. Oh man, I can guarantee right now that that the the party outside wherever it would be, the fans for both teams travel so well and oh man, mm-hmm. it would be something to see. but yeah, would would I love to see it? Yes. Although I think my prediction would lean heavily towards the Buffalo Bills at this point because the Honestly, Bills I'm are like, right. Dom, I'm, I'm
0: not even thinking Super Bowl right now, obviously. I'm just thinking, no. taking it one game at a time. It is
1: hilarious that people are there, though. Like, even the national media after last jumped. night like, is the literally is The second-best
0: team in the NFC right now behind Tampa. Like, it's crazy.
1: DraftKings has Jalen Hurts with the third-best MVP odds. And it's like, to me, it's so much rash. Reaction to one game, yes. Did we dominate? Yes, but are we just gonna put week one in the rear view or just say, Oh, week one was just week one, don't worry about that week. They we well played... after
0: after watching what Detroit did someday, that might end up turning into a good win,
1: yeah. Because, realistically yeah, because that Detroit team is actually better than a decent amount of teams in the NFL right now. It's it's actually pretty impressive what they're doing, and the worst part is. I honestly think they might be a they could be a team that's a quarterback away.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it it wouldn't surprise me. They they definitely could be a quarterback away. We all know Jared Goff's not good. Their offensive line's good. They have a lot of good skill position players, and that defense is definitely building up. But let's not talk about the Detroit Lions. We're going to talk the Philadelphia Eagles coming or two and zero tied for first place in the division with the New York Giants somehow, some way. And the worst part about it is we have to root or. I'm doing it because I can't root for Dallas. I'm rooting for the New York Giants this week, this <laughs> next Monday night against Dallas because I can't root for Dallas. Um, So like. Th- what th- an
1: atrocious Monday night matchup, by oh the way. God. Like, it's, I mean, not well, even I mean, with or without thing, the Dak Prescott injury, that's not a good matchup. The, the, the Giants- but I mean, suddenly Carolina it became kind of good.
0: The Giants-Carolina game was awful on, on Sunday. The two bad quarterbacks. Cincinnati's turning back into the bungle, so that and their offensive line couldn't protect.
1: even week one David for right the now. Giants, the Giants and Titans game was brutal until the end and the Giants were able to pull that miracle off on the, the touchdown it's and going for erosion. two. All right
0: so before before we continue on and, and recapping the game, as always follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour, follow Connor on Twitter at Connor 10 follow me on Twitter at LJ 54. follow the painted lines on Twitter and YouTube at the painted lines. Follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at EOP Sports. And if you're listening, if you're tuning into the stream, comment, comment, comment. Let us know your thoughts on the game. Um, we know there are a bunch of detractors of a certain general manager for the Philadelphia Eagles, and we will got to give them some love. A.J. Brown has been really good the first two weeks. Jalen Hurts, when when he was picked second in the second round three years ago, there was a lot of heat on Howie Roseman for why he made that pick because it was thought that the Eagles had their franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. Obviously, it's turned out in Howie's favor. It turned out to be a great second-round pick. Um, you know, James Bradbury and
1: <laughs> Dave. No, <laughs> James- some people will. Some people never give the love that oh, he deserves. Dave, but- so, me
0: and Dave are in a fantasy football league together. If you proclaim. No, I won't say. I think you know where I'm going to go with this. I know you want Traylon Burks. You know where to go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you want Traylon Burks for me? You got to give love to Howie Roseman for us to talk it out. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the Eagles have the best cornerback tandem and quarterback cornerback trio in football, if you think about it, um, with, um, you know, with Darius Slay, who had could have had six picks yesterday. It was crazy. Could have had six picks if he wanted to. He was all over Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, who I was afraid of coming into the game. Six catches, 48 yards. Take that every week. I'll take that every week. Darius Slay should be NFC defensive player of the week. James Bradbury hasn't given up much of that. we haven't heard his name, which is good. But I mean, we he had the interception against Detroit. We really haven't heard his name, and
1: we've heard his name in the missed tackle column a bit, oh, but none of them have been defense. detrimental to the team. So
0: yeah, that's the entire defense. And then Avante Maddox, who had a bad first game, had an interception yesterday. He was he was tackling. You know, you got to just the, the roster that he is put together. Look, we know what happened in 2017 when the Eagles won. Is this roster better than that roster?
1: I I would argue on paper yes i think that that roster, this roster is definitely better than that roster that roster was chocked full of veterans and this roster is definitely like three or four years on an average age younger than that roster so it's extremely different like the builds are like so how he got into this weird bubble after the 2017 season where he wanted these veteran players, he went into the offseason, he got all these vets and everyone was saying, we want younger people. We need younger players. And suddenly this off season, he took that turn. Kaiser White's like 25 years old. James Bradbury is only 28 years old. We're not talking 30 plus year old players anymore. Choncy he actually to went. 23. Choncy- yeah, he's, really young like they went he went out and did a completely different strategy so i think on paper it looks a lot better because the team is younger there's some more proven players they're not all over the age of 30 and this could be their last year type of thing he's got a really good mix which to me presents a better roster than what we had in 2017 now can we get the miracles at the 2017 team head that's going to be the big telltale
0: yeah you got you have to give this coaching staff a really, you know, you got to give them a round of applause. How, uh, Steve, um, Shane Steichen, the it felt like every play he called was the right play. Um, and then Jonathan Gannon, a total 180 flip from last week. He was pressuring Kirk Cousins, he did man on the receivers. We, we know how talented that receiver group is for, for Minnesota, and Dalvin Cook didn't do anything. And I was shocked about that. Like
1: they did The lead, nothing. the lead in Russia was Kirk Cousins with 20 yards. Yeah, that's if that. I'll take that yards. all day. I'll
0: take that all day. But let's start on the offensive side of the football for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I have to. He deserves a lot of credit. Jalen Hurts made so early in the game. There was a lot of praise for the throws he was making. I I didn't get to that point only because I was saying. These are throws quarterbacks should make. And like that, and that's what had, and this was again in the first quarter, first half. Um, you know, he started what, seven of seven, eight of eight. And I think the best throw Jalen Hurts made was the one that was the incompletion. The pass to Dallas Goddard was the best throw. The got drop a, by Dallas he, Goddard. It wasn't a drop. I, the the uh, It was Dantzler,
1: a tough catch to make Dantzler for hit Dallas Goddard, and, and but
0: Danceler hit him and, and forced the ball out. But he got the ball over the corner in between the safety and. I mean, like again, could could, have got, could Goddard have made the catch? Yes, he probably, should he have made the catch. Probably, you got to give Dancer credit for for the for knocking it loose. But that was the best throw that Hertz made, and it wasn't even a completion. Um, there was another throw, I think it was in the third third quarter, maybe fourth quarter, where he was rolling out to the left, stopped, turned, and threw it to Quez Watkins on a dime. Um, ended up coming back because of an, there was like three or four ineligible man downfield penalties on the Eagles. That was ridiculous gotta stop
1: but that's part of running the offense that they run though yeah the rpo jalen hurts yeah. has to make the decision quicker the read quicker but like the the thing is like the offensive line doesn't know what he's thinking they're just pushing bodies and get into the next level so it it makes it really difficult for them and i think we probably led the league last year in them too we had a ton of them last year but last night like last night we had more last night than i think we had in like an eight game stretch last season that was insane
0: yeah, Dave said for the first uh, – we'll get to that Dave's con- um, comment, excuse me, when we get to the defense. But, you know, look, Jalen Hurts was good last week. He did it with his legs. This week he did a lot – he, While he, he had a couple really good runs. Um, he did a lot with his arm. was able to hit Quez on a 53-yard touchdown. Who I don't know what the safety was doing for Minnesota. Like it was Jack freaking Stall that was running that out pattern. How you, you're going to worry about Jack Stall over Quez Watkins, I'll never understand. But you have to give how um excuse me, you have to give Jalen Hurts a lot of credit. Look, one game, okay, I, I like to see it. Two games, I'm there. I need to see it three. If I see it again this week, I'm, I'm going to definitely be on board. Look, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not going to say he's a franchise quarterback, but Jalen Hurts is proving the wrong, and that's what you like to see. And again, the one thing that we talked about with two first round picks next year—if you don't have to use those picks on a quarterback, and you can use it to bolster the defensive line, bolster the secondary, that's going to be good for not only Jalen Hurts, it's going to be good for the entire team. Um, Jalen Hurts will be here as the starter, and you're going to be able to put weapons on the defensive side of the ball to be able to get after the quarterback, because if there's one thing the Eagles couldn't do yesterday, it was still get after the quarterback.
1: Yeah, the good thing was they did get twenty-three pressures. It just didn't translate in the department of the sit in of the sack department, which is kind of frustrating. I get it, but and but there was like one sack that was called back for the face mask and stuff. Um so I mean we could have had three or four sacks, but it didn't end up coming to fruition. And Kirk Cousins is a smart quarterback. He got the ball out quick. Like if that was Jared Goff and we were getting that pressure last week, we have six or seven sacks last week.
0: I mean, golf got didn't. rid of the ball the quickest than football last week.
1: Exactly, and but Kirk Cousins is good when pressure's coming to make the decision. Whereas that wouldn't have been the same in, in for Jared Goff if he held on to that ball for half a second longer. In instances like last night, he would have been sacked. But um, offensively, Jalen Hurts. There's another thing that I need to see from Jalen Hurts, and these are the big games. These aren't necessarily big games this is it's a prime time game it was a complete domination on the offensive side of the ball and I, w- I promise I want to be positive in this episode because the last episode we got called out for being negative and we have so much positives to talk about but I got to see it in big games and when it matters if we so- need to call upon Jalen Hurts to make a play you know third down we're down by a field goal less than two minutes to go games on the line and he throws a pick or he can't complete the pass or he tucks and runs and gets hit and we don't get the first down like that's the type of situations that i really want to start to see jalen hurts excelling But, I mean, dominating a game like he dominated last night is definitely a massive step in the right direction. He was making some really good throws. Like you said, that throw to Dallas Goddard was beautiful. That bomb to Quez Watkins was a thing of beauty. Was it blown coverage? Absolutely. But there's no guarantees that Jalen Hurts makes that read every time. Like the fact that he makes that read is impressive.
0: One thing I disagree with you is I would classify yesterday as a big game. Because it's prime time. We saw what happened in prime time last year. He got killed by Dallas, got killed by Tampa in the playoffs. Like the Eagles were not good in prime time last year. Jalen was not good in prime time last year. I would consider while the Eagles were about two-point favorites, and that, that could just be because of home field advantage, you had a team that came in after after thoroughly dominating the reigning MVP and Green Bay, even though know, Green Bay doesn't care about you know week one games. A team that has a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the football has a a pretty aggressive defense. I would classify that as a big game for Jalen Hurts. And I think he passed that test with flying colors. Now, like, if you look at the schedule going forward, um, if you – well, they do play Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to finish better uh, than Green Bay is going to be better than the
1: Vikings. There's a lot of skepticism with Green Bay, but Green Bay is still a good team. Green Bay is and still I think, a tough team. I think team they're going to end face.
0: up being better than the Vikings. But if you look going forward, and with, with Arizona we play, Arizona's always hit and miss um, because of you know Kyler Murray. Even though Kyler Murray was they're ridiculous very, in the fourth quarter against, he them. was, but they're
1: very miss right now. Like I saw some people tweeting saying they're probably one of the worst looking football teams in in football right now, but well, they came back. You got it. They came back. They made that game against uh, Vegas. So,
0: yeah. So like, again, and I, I don't want to look too, too far ahead, but you have Washington this week they're They may be the best, the second best team in the division potentially who knows. It depends on Carson Wentz, obviously. um Then they have Jacksonville. Jacksonville is not good. um Even, even if Doug Peterson, I think is the right coach for them. Then they have the Cardinals. Then they have that big game against Dallas. Um. So like, and um. So like, who who that, that that's up leading up to the bye. There's your first, the first six games. I mean, obviously you don't want to project, but like if the Eagles aren't five and one, six and zero oh at that point, I think that's a, a failure. You know, going in going into the bye week and like the schedule. Obviously, the NFC East. I think the the top the all four teams have the four easiest schedules in the league. Um. Mainly because they play each other and whatnot, and it's not the greatest division. But you have to be able to, excuse me, take advantage of the 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 teams that are going to be on the schedule before you get into the tough part. Before you get to the Steelers and the, well, I thought the Colts were going to be tough, but I don't think that's going to happen anymore. <laughs> Packers, like before you get Dallas on Christmas Eve in Dallas, with Dak's going to be healthy, and you know that that team might should maybe better. Um, we'll see, obviously, but you have to be able to take advantage of it. And this is where I want to see Jalen Hurts continue to take steps. Each, you know, last week they won with him being the focal point, running the football again, 16 carries. This week he threw for 333 yards. Defensive coordinators have to be go. We'll have to go crazy over how do we defend this Philadelphia Eagles offense? Are they going to come out and be a running team because we all know they can run the football with, with that offensive line and with Jalen Hurts, or is he going to th- what? They spread the wealth yesterday. Devonte Smith had what seven catches. Dallas got uh, AJ Brown had five catches. Dallas Goddard had four or five. Wes Watkins had a couple. Zach Pass Path- like they spread the football around. Now defensive coordinators are, each week are going to have to devise a game plan to stop the run and stop the pass, or pick one and mm-hmm. hope that the Eagles didn't practice that one that um, that they that they didn't pick. If 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 you kind of get where I'm going. So we'll see, mm-hmm. but the Eagles offense right now has the potential to be very, very explosive. They're not Bills explosive, but they have the potential to be really, really explosive, and it's going to be tougher to for opposing teams to, to figure out how to stop them.
1: I agree. I mean, you have like Miles Sanders who won 17 carries for 80 yards, which 4.7 yards per carry. That's pretty impressive. Then you got Jalen Hurts. He ran 11 times for 57 yards. That's a 5.2 average and two of those touchdowns came on the ground. He can tuck. he can run, and one of them that's was that's run. Was
0: ridiculous. that was a big
1: boy run? That was a good, but like How when he, didn't he get got to the, at the end,
0: five was ridiculous.
1: Exactly, my thoughts exactly too. And like like you said, three hundred thirty three yards. That's huge. Thirty one pass attempts, but they still rush the ball thirty four times. They still technically were a run first team by that standard. So that's crazy to me. They you get to that point where you can almost be a 50-50 team from a Russian and from a passing perspective, and you literally are very effective on in both sides of it. They averaged 4.8 yards per carry as a team, and then they averaged 12.8 yards per reception. That's that's huge. Like you can't and but I mean, to be honest, the strategy by the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator was Jonathan Gannon last year to a T, that too high shell defense. I was getting frustrated watching it from a Vikings standpoint. Cause I was like, how can you continue to do this? Because clearly, and that was one of the things that when me and you were messaging last night, I said, you take what you're given last year, that's what quarterbacks did and we praised quarterbacks for doing it. There's no reason we're gonna go the other way and turn the shoulder to Jalen hurts and say well he was just taking what he was given. no that's a good thing that he took what was given to him because sometimes that's not necessarily what Jalen hurts would have done last season this to me that's an improvement and but so, it's just that the strategy was brutal like every time those safeties ran 20 yards away and the snap went, and they had that shell going. And,
0: and before you continue, like, I, I wasn't mad at Jalen for taking it. I was mad at the praise that Jalen was making simplistic throws and people were like, see, he can be the guy. Like, that was my only issue with it. Like, they were praising him because he he was making the throws that an NFL quarterback should make. That, And I get it. We didn't see it often last year, but I need to, to see the consistency of it. I don't want to see one and be like, oh, all hail Jalen Hurts. Like, no, I don't want that. I need to see it time. I need to see it, you know, play after play after play, week after week after week before I, I can buy it. And look, the attitude and, and just the type of person that Jalen is, I know that he's going to continue to work at it, you know, and, and try to become better. And obviously that, as I mentioned earlier, that's what the Eagles want so that they don't have to spend the assets that they have on a quarterback next year. Um, so, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens. Um, but
1: And and lastly, I guess this performance. I guess we can't stop talking about the offense without talking about the offensive line because the offensive line played extremely well. Way better than last week. Way better. They allowed only six pressures, five hurries, one hit, no sacks, which is definitely a positive after what we saw last week. And from a pass blocking perspective, they were phenomenal. They gave Jalen Hurts lots of time. Jalen Hurts took his time. He actually, you could actually see on TV that he was going through more than one read because he had the time to go through more than one read and he didn't just tuck the ball and go. So definitely before we move to the defense, have to give some praise where praise is due. And that's that offensive line looked phenomenal through that entire game.
0: Yeah, they definitely did look a lot better. Chris Scott Hurts. Through two games, 600 yards passing, 150 yards rushing, three rushing touchdowns. I think it's only one passing touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he only has one passing touchdown.
1: And then uh, there was that stat that I shared today that it was uh, her, It was the first time in NFL history that a quarterback had an 80% completion percentage, 300 passing yards, and a rushing touchdown or something. Two rushing is- touchdowns. But it was even a Russian touchdown. I don't think it it ever happened, that combination of three things in NFL history. And this is not the first time Jalen Hurts has done this. So we know Jalen Hurts is special, but he's got to continue to show, like, if he can dominate games like that offensively, if he can make life a complete living hell for defensive coordinators, although, I mean, to be honest, that defensive coordinator made zero attempt to adjust to anything yesterday. But if he can continue to dominate, defenses if they do make changes that's a matt then jalen hurts the ability to use those two firsts next season is massive for us it is
0: now now let's move over to the defensive side of the ball go back to dave's comment for the first time under this staff on defense we looked like the aggressor instead of just reacting to what the offense was doing and i was shocked again on friday both connor and i were not sure that Gannon was going to be able to adjust, change his scheme, and he did that. He went man, he didn't go zone, and let Darius Slay follow um Justin Jefferson the entire game. And again, as I mentioned earlier, Slay could have had six picks. It was ridiculous. It was, it was like Kirk Cousins was throwing the ball to Slay. That, that's how good Slay was yesterday. Um and and Chris, I told you both that Gannon would change his scheme for this game. He did, and and it's and look. The only reason I think Connor and I both said that he wasn't is because he has shown his propensity to stick with what he does. Um, now I want to see him consistently change the scheme, adjust in game. I don't want this to be a one-game thing, and then next week against against Washington, Carson Wentz throws 400 yards and Jahan Dotson and McLaren go out and have two touchdowns each because they're playing that zone too high safety and, and Slay's not following McLaren around. Like, that's what I think should happen this week. It should continue to happen. If there's a legit number one receiver on the other side, that's who Slay should be on. And if Gannon doesn't do that and, and you know, doesn't adjust and, and um you know, and, and teams are running the ball down our throats and still not adjusting to a five-man front or something like that, that's where I have the issue with Gannon. Again, same thing with Hurts. I saw it one game. Very encouraging. I need to see it again. And and again, like one game doesn't do it for me. I need to see it Consistency. happen consistently. Yep, exactly. Like we
1: we've seen we see franchise quarterbacks struggle periodically, which which is fine, it's life, but we need to see him be consistent as possible. You have a game or two where you're off that that's fine, it happens to the best of us. I mean, there's a good example when you look at Matt Stafford right now, he's going through a bit of a funk. Like there's guys who go through these these moments. But we need to see as much consistency as humanly possible, unless you know, like it's a really tough matchup and you just you just can't seem to figure it out. That happens. But last year it just happened far too much. As soon as we once when we ran through what was it that stretch of like seven or eight games against really good teams or decent opponents or like games
0: 77 percent completion. Yeah, percentage. exactly.
1: Or games where we where we lost and we could have won it. And then we hit the easy teams, and he went on a stretch of just dominating the easy teams. He needs to be able to have more consistency, not split the schedule rate in half and have seven games here and eight games here, and we need to see it consistently. So I agree on that front. Um, and like, and as I mentioned, the,
0: the 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 schedule kind of sets up for the Eagles that if they can continue hmm. to be the aggressor and continue to be able to make you know teams overthink going into the week, then they should and. It sets up to where they should be able to help themselves going into um, to that tough portion where they get Green Bay. They get maybe in Indian, the Indianapolis will be better by then. They'll be able to get, you know, or uh, Dallas might be better than, but they'll be able to build enough wins, be, get six, seven, eight, nine wins by that time, to where if they do struggle that, during the stretch, they'll have that buffer maybe in the division because I don't, well, I don't think the division is going to be good. You want to you want to have a couple of games just in case, like you run, you know, it's not gonna they're not gonna go seventeen to zero. They're not going to go 17 and 0 they are not going to be the Patriots or the seventy two the seventy two Dolphins. Like it's not gonna happen. You you're gonna run into you know uh, stumbling blocks in the season, but you want to be able to kind of give yourself a buffer to where it doesn't hurt you. Um, but, but yeah, let's let's move into uh, continue with the defense. The one and again, I don't want to be Mr. Ne- ne- negative, but Hassan Reddick still isn't impressed. There were plays that Jonathan Gannon dropped Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat in, in coverage, and it bothered the hell out of me.
1: It was four for Reddick this week and two for Sweat. So it actually came down from the five and the three of last week. So he dropped them back less. But the <clears> fact, <throat> fact that – first of all, I think the one thing has to become clear. Josh Sweat never should be back in coverage. No, never. ever. They, that, and the and Vikings I don't care. did
0: that with Danell Hunter.
1: Yeah, and To me, at the end of the day, I don't care. Oh, it's a scheme. What are you going to do if this is what the scheme calls for? That is your defensive end. You paid him an extension to be a defensive end to get after the quarterback. There is never a reason as a 4-3 four, four, front that we use or as the, the sub-nickel package that we use. There is no reason you ever have that man dropping back into coverage. Reddick, okay. If you do it periodically, that's fine. He got made to look a fool on one play, Reddick, when he dropped back into coverage in the tight end. I think it was Monday made the play. I don't know for sure who made that play, but he was made to look a fool, and that's because that's just not who Reddick is. And we talked about it when the acquisition of Reddick came around. His first two years, he was a off-ball linebacker who didn't really rush after, didn't go after the quarterback very much, and he got manhandle he was he looked terrible he looked like he was going to be a bust in the league then he went over to carolina yeah it was carolina right no arizona carolina okay so he went over to carolina okay so then he went over to carolina they gave him a chance to be more of a get after the quarterback edge type of guy and that is what we paid the man for he is supposed to be an edge he is supposed to be a linebacker a blitzing linebacker whatever you want to do we pretty much should have five men going after the quarterback at all times one thing I will say, T.J. Edwards looked really oh, good really when good. he was given the opportunity to go after the quarterback. When he, when Jonathan Gannon would call those timely blitzes, Edwards just flew, shot out of a cannon through the hole in the offensive line. It was a great to see. But I agree with you. We didn't pay Edwards yet. While I think we're going to end up paying Edwards, and he's going to remain an Eagle long term, we paid Reddick, and Reddick really needs to step up.
0: He really does. I, again, I don't want to see him or Sweat dropping back, you know, get after the quarterback. I know we had a couple of sacks Yes, um, yesterday. Fletcher Cox getting the strip sack. Josh Sweat getting the sack at the end. Um, but I want to see more. Again, we brought in Reddick because we finished 29th in the league in sacks last year. Um, a couple of the comments. Chris Scott, I'm still not a Gannon fan. He needs to be consistent. Definitely does. I agree with Hurts needing to be consistent as well i want to
1: touch on sean's comment so he says what's up guys so what, what's up sean he says i want to see more of jordan davis 21 snaps doesn't cut it. trial by fire from i get it <coughs> but i but when you look at it javon hargrave and fletcher cox were really good you can't game.
0: take those guys off the field when they're you playing as in as those
1: situations been. and they took them off enough like they each i think they played 66 and 64 percent of snaps um but you can't take Jordan, you can't take him out just to put Jordan Davis in to go trial by fire, especially when the defense was playing the way they did. While I definitely agree, if they start to struggle, if they look gassed like week one, week one, inexcusable that Jordan Davis didn't see more time. Week two, a little more excusable because Jordan because Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave looked phenomenal and Marlon Tupolito did not out snap him this week. So that was a bonus for us.
0: Again, there's that adjustment. And the guy that we both want to see, which I think we'll see by pro, but then again, with the way the linebackers are playing now, not need it. You don't want to rush him, but Nicobe Dean didn't get any defensive snaps. That's fine. You don't want to rush him out there, you know, because
1: he's going especially to, especially when the linebackers are looking the way they look. Yeah. And T.J., and you, you can't take TJ Edwards off the field at this point. He T.J. TJ Edwards phenomenal. is the
0: best linebacker of the Eagle on the field yesterday. He was crazy good getting after the quarterback, and when he got the chance to blitz, he did he did an outstanding job. Dave says, I'm still not a, a Gannon fan either. Hopefully him and Howie will both be in Carolina or something next year.
1: Listen, well, I don't think Dave will ever be a Gannon fan or a Howie fan. So, he won't. Dave, you don't ever have to tell us that because we know it's not going to happen. His,
0: his, his uh, loathe of Gannon and Howie is the same as my loathe of uh, Boston Scott.
1: <laughs> Which he, had, he exploded for one great run last night and then pretty much did nothing else. But uh, that's what Chris, we expect.
0: Yeah. Chris, got, Chris says, I better not see Reddick in coverage again. He needs to strictly be a pass rusher. Something that Connor and I have said in the preseason and have said, we said last week and we said again this week. And I'm pretty sure we'll say it again every week until that's what he strictly does. Now,
1: Gannon's working his way backwards. It was five dropbacks last week. It was four this week. And I hope that that on that play where he really just – you could tell that's why he's never in coverage, that that's enough for Gannon to say, all right, I should probably scheme some plays where you just n- never drop back again. I'd rather see TJ Edwards drop back into coverage. I think you can trust him a little bit more. Well, while I mean, T.J. Edward,
0: in- TJ Edwards is also an actual linebacker.
1: He is, and and I think, and TJ Edwards, who's targeted nine times, he allowed six receptions, but it was only for 32 yards. He even got a pass breakup out of it, and he did miss three tackles, but he's generally a fairly solid tackler, and that's why they don't create much after the catch with going after TJ Edwards.
0: Yeah, Uh, and again, he had a great game yesterday. Kaiser White was good. Um, let's see. Um, Sean says, Give Gardner Johnson two more games, he'll be knocking people around in no time. I still think he is trying to adjust to the to the to the scheme and to the to the players. He's like it, it takes more than 2 weeks. I do agree that, you know, give him give him some time and he he's going to be fine. Like we, we talked about week 1, he led the team in missed tackles. How many missed tackles did he have yesterday? Did he have any? A couple. Yeah,
1: one missed tackle yesterday. Well, and I think one of the good things is <laughs> Auntie Gardner Johnson was one of few defensive players if not one of the only defensive players to play hundred percent snaps. So Sean's open
0: apps and, I, um, I, maybe Brad, there was a
1: third one. I, I don't think it was a cornerback, but I can't remember. I know 61. it was, I know it was Epps it was and Epp, and Okay, Yeah, it was Epps, Bradbury, and it was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson all played I thought it was Bradbury. 100% snaps. And that's a good, that's you. Sean spoke about trial by fire for Jordan Davis. This is it for Gardner-Johnson. They're doing trial by fire. Learn the scheme while playing in it. We picked you up to be one of these two safeties, a versatile player in our scheme. And he's being put out there while he's being put through the <coughs> ringer in the last couple weeks have been rough. I like you said, Sean, give it a couple more games. The guy's gonna be just fine.
0: I didn't mean to skip over this comment uh from the fish hobbyist. The O line looked locked in, locked in. I thought 100 percent agreed way better than last week. Eagles still ran the ball down the throat, gave protection to to uh to Jalen. Um I think did he get sacked yesterday? If he did, it was only one or two times Jalen hurts No. No sacks. Like he, he was a when he needed to move, he moved. And I don't think he. Now there was maybe a play or two that he went out the pocket a little early, but I don't think he went out the pocket early at times. He stood in the pocket, stood up tall, you know, in a six foot frame, and was able to get able to get rid of the football. Uh, Dave's comment: The Vikings ran less plays than Detroit. If you look at Davis' play percentage, it was higher. Got it. that's true. His play percentage was higher. I know. I know we want to see the number of plays go up which I think eventually we will, but as Connor said, when Cox and Hargrave are playing as good as they played yesterday, and look, we won't see them play that well all the time, so we'll, we'll be able to get have this argument of when you know Jordan Davis should be on the field, but when they're playing as well as they played yesterday, it's hard to take them two off the field, especially with the money that they're making. Um, I know while we don't want to think money should be the end-all be-all, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is.
1: And I think ultimately here in, in the defense, it's just, it's, it's more of a, a situation where you're never going to see a hundred percent for a defensive tackle for snap count. You're oh, just never, never going to see it. It's, it's this, Aaron there's Donald a reason. A
0: hundred percent of the snaps.
1: Exactly. And they rely so much on a rotation. Like if he reaches 65%, that's a good amount. Like 65 is your starting caliber defensive tackle. So once he hits that 65% threshold, he's at a good point. That's why Hargrave and Cox played last. Yes, it was like 66 and 64 or something. That's just what you're gonna see. And that and that's why he focus how he focuses on building the trenches. Because when you rush for all the time, you're gonna exhaust some of these guys. Like last week, Hargrave and Cox looked gassed so quickly, so early in the game. And that's why you gotta have four or five DTs who can cycle constantly.
0: And I want to kind of go off of what you said, how the defense in, in general looked gassed. They didn't look that gas yesterday, and I think they got that week one out the way. Again, the first usually the first four games are pretty much preseason at this point because nobody plays in the actual preseason. So they're gonna build up their their stamina, and you know like the the guys should be able to play be in better. I don't I hate I don't want to say better shape because I'm not saying they're out of shape, but they're gonna be you know better physical shape I guess going into this Washington game where they should be able to play more. Sean says, I want to see Reddick in the joker position, rushing the quarterback and collapsing the pocket, doing what he does best. 100% agreed. Don't want to see him dropping back into coverage. We saw a couple times yesterday. Didn't look good. Um, it was frustrating to see number seven. Still weird to see a number seven at defensive end and not quarterback for the Eagles. Um, going back, It's to really
1: weird to see number four be Dalvin Cook <laughs> I know that's not us, but every time I saw him number, I'm like, that's the most hideous backfield number ever. Get that get in that <laughs> the backfield. What I, what I know, I get day. it. I get it. It's just an ugly number in the backfield. Jock, uh, Jock Talk, what's up, buddy? Welcome aboard. We are doing great because we're talking about an Eagles win. Victory think- Tuesday. Victory Tuesday. Um, otherwise, defensively, I mean, I think we hit on everything. I think like I really was impressed with – it was an all-around effort. I think my biggest concern at this point is special teams. Like, like Oh, my God. Okay, so you you told me, and I, I've wanted to buy into Britton Covey so bad and think <laughs> that he was the answer while he'd outplayed Jalen Reger, which is not much of an accomplishment, and it was only minimally better in the return game. You said Britton Covey's <laughs> not the answer. We now are two games – He has been called also. Quez Watkins isn't the
0: answer as a kickoff. No, Quez Watkins
1: is not. No, Quez Watkins is just let that bounce out every time. (laughs) But, um, we are now at two games. The the next game, if you call him up, you have to bring him to your active roster. He's no longer practice squad eligible, so they have a major decision to make. If Britain Covey's the answer, and listen, is Covey the the be all end all of the special teams issues no i think special teams all the way across the board is not very good i think we've completely moved away and said who are the guys who give us the best chance to win and then you fill in the gaps of okay who fits on special teams and there's just not enough players who fit there anymore that are really efficient at it um and that's worse because like you gave they gave up the the, the block, the, the best guy on the team for special teams is Jake Ellie, which is great. You want to have a really good kicker. We're seeing it yeah, every Noah, single week.
0: Noah Tongai was the um the wing on that field goal and didn't block Peterson at all.
1: And he it didn't, didn't even look like he made an effort. Like, it was really gross when they showed the replay. I was like, did he even, like, try to move over? Which he's actually on two games called up as well. So they're going to have a big decision to make on Togai and on Covey as to whether or not they want to keep those two guys around. And because the, the next part, time they call him up, they got to sign him.
0: And the hardest part about Covey is, like, they don't have another option for a punt returner right now. Do you put Kenny Gainwell back there? Do you put Boston Scott back there? Like who at do this you point put? you going to be you put Devontae Smith back there and tell no, him just Eric, no, just no, catch no, no, it. No. Don't run. Just catch it so you don't get hurt. Like, do you just tell him to do that? Um, like that's where you kind of miss Greg, like Greg Ward, as much as he wasn't the greatest at it, at least like he was on the roster and he could catch the ball sometimes, like a lot of times he let it bounce, but like if 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 you don't care about returns just put devonte back there and have him fair catch everything which might be the smartest thing to do we cuz he did it at alabama he was the punt returner in alabama so like he has the experience of doing it and i know you don't want to put your second receiver out there but my thing is if 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 he's not going to return which they can't return anyway Covey hasn't had much success just go back there fair catch it put the ball down and get ready for offense and yeah, if you're going to have was
1: Britten Covey was three for fourteen, which is a four point seven average. You, you're essentially you're essentially taking fair catches each time. Exactly. You're not really putting us in a better position. So, like you said, if you have a guy who can make the right decision of okay, let it go, I think it might bounce out, or or it's just not worth going after, or okay, I'm gonna make this catch. If you have someone who can make that logical decision at this point, you unless you're going out to free agency and you're finding a guy strictly for that position, which at that point, are you able to fit him on that 46 well, they day, only have 52 game day roster? On,
0: they only have 52 on the active roster right now. So like they have the ability to add somebody to that, which if they, in in, in turn, if they needed to put him on the 46 for game day, they could, but also if that person was out there, he would already be on another team. Like, so I don't think that pump returner is actually out there. That's but the now bathroom.
1: we're in the, we're in this me we're in this even worse situation because we have four wide receivers going in week in and week out. So you automatically know you have to elevate a wide receiver. So eventually, it's going to be Deion Kane or it's going to be Britton Covey. But somebody is going to end up on this active roster because you're going to run out of calling them up. You're going to run out of times to call them up to the active roster before signing them so they have to make a decision do we value trying to get someone in here who can return a punt or do we value just having a fifth wide receiver who might be able to be effective in this offense and at this point i think you take the fifth wide receiver who's going to be most effective in this offense which yeah, britain gets zero snaps on the yeah. offense he in gets his, nothing
0: in his defense like zach pascal doesn't get much either like no it,
1: the it's a three man it's walkins it's smith and it's AJB, so
0: he says, Give it a couple of days. The Vikings cut Rager and Howie signs him back.
1: <laughs> no, see, that's not the, that's not. The. Did Rager you really was hear two... the Vikings
0: special teams coach talk about Rager? I Rager
1: remember. was two for five for 2.5 in yeah. pump returns. He was He's worse bad. than Britton Covey <laughs> <He's bad. laughs> by two. Got, like I said,
0: they got the full Jalen Reger experience. Uh, Jock Talk says the MVP of the defense is Sipos. We talked about that earlier where Sipas doesn't make that tackle and they return, that, return the block field goal for, for a touchdown at 24-14, and the game ter- totally turns. It goes from a three-possession game to a two-possession game and all the momentum's on Minnesota's side. And I definitely agree it's better to catch than fumble and give the ball back. That's why if if that's all they want, put Devont- Devontae in shorthands. He did it in college. Do you I'm Not asking him to return so he gets hit and gets hurt. Go back there, fair catch, catch it, put the ball down, get ready for offense.
1: I just sometimes get really worried even in a situation where you're putting them back there because sometimes you see those guys, if somebody's really angry, they might just spitefully go, take the one-game suspension and live with it. And I don't want to see any risk associated with putting Devontae Smith back there. But you just have to have someone you can trust to catch that ball. Gainwell Gainwell's definitely not going to be the answer at all, especially after that— Tip pass it turned into an interception. I'm. I don't. We don't need butterfingers back there. That's no better than Jalen Reger. So they they do really have to make a decision. But our special teams has gone downhill so fast. All we really have to be proud of Sipas has been better as a punter. This we also two started two games. off last
0: year really good and went downhill. So I need to see a consistency again. That word consistency that I want to see from Gannon. I want to see from her. It's Steichen. Also, want to see it from sit-boss because he started off last year good, and then was awful when it got cold.
1: And then, and then of course, Jake Elliott's great. We're never going to say anything bad about Jake Elliott. If that, yeah, that field, block field goal blocked, really
0: wasn't his fault.
1: No, and if that was blocked, if that actually gets kicked, it's we probably won twenty-seven to seven. But we we it got blocked, so at the end well, of the day, and, that's and we're not life. blaming
0: we're not blaming Hurts for that interception. We all know it was Gainwell's fault. Obviously, it goes on Jalen Hur- Hurts stats as an interception but everybody in the, everybody that watched whoever's saying that
1: it hurts gets any blame for that you send them to the kelly green hour because we need to have a discussion <laughs> uh, about that i i always feel it unfair that the quarterbacks be 100 responsible you for think they should change it to
0: where if it literally goes off of receivers hands lit, like that the interception should go on them and not the quarterback Hundred percent, I,
1: I think so. I hundred percent think so. I think that there should be a stat like that. You have drops. Why can't you count interceptions against the receiving player?
0: Yeah. All right. So before we finish off our uh, said so the segment that we lo- that we like is the unheralded unheralded player of the week. And what do we mean by unheralded, Connor? We don't want the the, the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen's. We want a guy that nobody foresaw doing something big somebody that kind of came out of nowhere who would your
1: unheralded player of the week for week two be this is definitely not a guy you people saw this guy coming i loved him he there was when i was talking wide receivers for the 2023 draft there was a 1a there was a 1b there was jameson williams who we have not seen yet but we will see and i think he's gonna be an incredible talent for detroit then there was my unheralded player of the week and that is garrett wilson while eventually we all knew we were going to see him and this was going to happen. He's not going to be on
0: much longer. <laughs>
1: no, this is a one time I use him because I'm never going to get to use him again. He was huge in the Jets making that comeback win against the Cleveland Browns, which, man, it must suck in Cleveland. But um, eight receptions, 102 yards, and two TDs.
0: The games on Sunday were crazy, by the way. The comebacks, the, the Jets come back, the Dolphins come back against the Ravens, the Cardinals come back against the Raiders.
1: The Falcons didn't complete it, but they had a hell of a run to try and come back because I think they were down twenty to three. Yeah, it was. It was a, the jokes were flying around Twitter. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of
0: craziness on Sunday, and you know, be it, as an Eagles fan, it was good not to have to sit there and stress through like an Eagles game that happened. And and one of the things I was thinking yesterday is I was not getting excited until zeros on the board because I watched <laughs> football on Sunday. All right. So my I know the- we
1: we were, we were messaging back and forth and it was, I think it was the first end of the first quarter or like early second quarter like I'm not saying anything I'm not getting excited but then you got a bit more excited after you know once the third quarter got going and we continued to dominate but
0: yeah well, I mean there was no scoring in the second half if I'm not mistaken that was a good, great defense especially and and the Vikings had short field the block punt with the interception by by um Hicks like Got to give Darius Slay a lot of credit. Avante, Matt, just give the entire defense and Gannon a lot of credit. So my- oh, by the own... way,
1: Jock Talk, before you go, yes, we talked about the great game Shane called. And if for anyone who doesn't follow him, he can't be identified right now, but he is a former Eagles scout. He says, uh, the Ad Honest NFL guy uh, on Twitter, and he says Shane Steichen will be gone in the off season. And he said, in I saw him post- uh, in a response to what somebody said, pretty much saying, I know what teams look for and Shane Steichen is exactly what they look for in today's NFL. So like there's a go good chance. Yeah, like there's a good chance we lose two coordinators this year. If Gannon keeps it up, Gannon and Steichen could be out the door.
0: So when it comes to Steichen going, I, there's no issue with that only because it's still, I know Nick Siriani's is not calling the plays, but his, it's his offense. So
1: there's not a He'll call there. Brian Johnson up. The quarterback coach, Johnson or, will probably he'll probably the be the next. Coordinator. He did it for he did it in college, I think, for Florida <clears> or wherever he was there. So yeah, he was
0: at Florida, and then I guess for defensive coordinator, I mean, Vic Fangio, I would bring in. He was at camp for for a couple of weeks, kind of an, an advisory role. So he's a guy I would look. Um, not sure. I mean, they, they might. I think they like their secondary coach a lot. Has the potential to be a, a defensive coordinator, but. That's something, obviously, we're not going to really think about now. There's only week two. We got 15, 16 weeks left, plus hopefully the uh, playoffs. So my unheralded player of the week for week two, same game as you. I'm going with the third. Was he 38-39? Joe Flacco, 26 of 44, 307 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. And they were down two scores. With a minute fifty some fifty and some change left, and he was, was able to That was crazy. I can't believe Nick Chubb didn't kneel the ball at the one. He didn't pull Brian Westbrook. You pull Brian Westbrook, kneel down at the one, the the Browns wouldn't win the game. And we're not talking about the Jets right now. Jets will be zero two, but no, they were. Able to Nick get, Chubb gotta needed the Jets.
1: that third touchdown. Right, got to get that third TD.
0: Got to got to give um the the Jets a lot of credit for coming back in that game. They, they did. Nobody thought they were going to be able. to Less than two minutes, down two scores. Nobody foresaw the Jets being able to come back. But you got to give, like, like you got, I mean, they got help from the Browns too because was it Corey Davis they had a long touchdown. Nobody near him. Um, and then being able to get the game winning touchdown to was the game winning touchdown to Wilson. If I'm not mistaken, so.
1: yeah, I think you're yeah, right. So
0: you got to give the Jets. So you went Garrett Wilson. I went Joe Flacco. Great. Um, I know that
1: the Brams are waiting for Deshaun Watson, but I have a hard time believing that they're going to be able to stay afloat without. I know that they don't want to make a move at quarterback. They don't want to waste the cap space or waste draft capital or whatever. But if you want to stay afloat to give Deshaun Watson a chance from week 11 onward up? or week 12 onward, well, at is this point, Jimmy Garoppolo is Could got have been to Jimmy G, but he's the yeah. starter
0: in San Fran now.
1: It, it just sucks because. They should have known. If you've watched football, you know Jacoby Brissett is not the answer Mm -hmm. at quarterback as a starting quarterback. He's just not the answer.
0: I agree. All right, so the Philadelphia Eagles, 2-0, tied for first place in the NFC with the New York Stinking Giants, 24-7 win over the Minnesota Vikings. Their next game, this Sunday at FedEx Field against the Washington Commanders and our old friend, Carson Wentz now Connor we are going to talk about this on Friday but do you have early thoughts on the Eagles Washington game
1: don't sleep on Washington I agree with that I mean I I think you know Carson Carson
0: is second in the league in passing right now I think
1: yeah, and listen, at the end of the day, can Carson Wentz make bad decisions? Can he throw picks? 100%, but can he also lead a team? To, I understand they lost their lines. That was a hard-fought game, 36-27. Lots of garbage time work for Carson Wentz there. But at the end of the day, don't underestimate them. And they're, they're not even fully – they're missing their best edge rusher in Chase Young. Dude, like He'll be out. So He's definitely. actually
0: going to be out for a little bit longer, too. Like Apparently, that was mm-hmm. a lot worse injury than – out. The only, it's the only thing probably to guys,
1: similar to J.K. Dobbins where it was a full-on torn everything in his knee.
0: So Carson got sacked, what, seven times, I think, against um, Detroit. And their fans hate their team. There's going to be so many Eagles fans at this game. It wouldn't shock me if it feels like an Eagles home game.
1: Doesn't it always feel like an Eagles home That's game true. in Washington?
0: That's very true. Like There's like two separate Philly – Fan groups going and it have like over a thousand people each. Like it's going to be crazy how many Eagles. Well, like fans. I
1: think the big thing here is don't be mad if it's close. Oh, it's going to close. I think it's going to be a close game. A, it's and, a divisional game, and B, people are just sleeping on the Commanders.
0: And they they have a lot of injuries, so we'll see. They have Carson Wentz, who look. I still I like Carson. I'm a Carson fan. Does he have brain glitches every once in a while? Yes, he does. Uh, so we'll see uh, what happens. But I definitely am looking forward to this Friday when we get to talk Eagles, Washington. So please join us Friday around the same time, 6-15-ish, uh, as we get you ready for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Commanders. Uh, big game. Eagles win. We'll, we'll keep them in first place no matter what happens Monday night between the Giants and the uh, Cowboys. Uh, loss, and there could be, depending on what happens in that game, could be four two, and 2-1 teams. Going into Week Four in the NFC. Thank you for ch- tuning in to the Kelly Green Hour. He's Connor. I'm LJ. Have a good night. Go Birds. You want Philly, food? Yeah, let's do it.
1: Sanders patiently running. Sanders good cut and another block. Sanders still going inside the forty.